So we're not doing announcements today. So check your email um, because we just really feel like the Lord is moving in a particular way. And um, as I was um, praying this week, the Lord um, very clearly spoke about this morning's service. So praise God for that. But I just want to let you guys know that um, I was here this morning praying for you all before any of you ever stepped foot. Some of you probably before you even woke up. Um, and I was praying specifically that um, God would, would draw just any anything that would, uh, any little thing that might be trying to hinder you from coming this morning. I was just praying against it. And um, one of my, one of the things that I, that I personally, as a, as a, person that has the prophetic gifting is um, sometimes when I when I speak, I speak so pointed that there's a little love that's lacking at times. And so um, one of the things I just want to convey before I say any other words is that I love you guys very much. I love all of you. And it's an honor to be able to go uh, into battle on y'all's behalf, um, even at six o'clock in the morning, um, covering over seats, praying for you guys, praying for... Um, breakthrough, binding evil spirits. It's a privilege to do that, and I just love you guys. So I want you all to know that, um, coming from my heart, how much love there is for you guys. So um, this morning we're going to talk about relationships. Fun, right? How many of you have had good relationships? Yes, people's arms work, yes. Okay, how many of you have had relationships that have been bad? Hurt? This dude in the middle, I, you had a bad relationship. You just don't raise your hand. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We call people out here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we're here at 1010. One of our core values is relationships. And um, we'll put it up on the screen there, uh, what, that, what that core value is. But basically, um, what we say in regards to relationship is community living that strengthens the individual and the community within which they live, work, and play. And so um, as we've been going through this series, obviously we've been, we've been going through some different core values, and we're, we're progressing, if you guys have noticed. We're kind of getting into, like, the nitty-gritty here because we can have all these little individual attributes, honor, unity, this, that, but relationships is where it gets a little bit hairy, if we're being honest. <clears throat> So we, we all know, let, let's do this real quick because I think this will be fun. Let's recite John 10.10 because 10, this is like week six or seven. So on three, we're going to all say John 10.10. 10. Hey, you cheated. You put it up there. All right, let's do it anyway. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> that they may have life and have it abundantly. All right. And who's the thief? Who's the enemy? What's his name? And who came that we would have abundant life? Okay. I think if we're honest, we all know that we're wired for love and relationships. Can I get an amen? Like, we don't want to be lonely, right? Loneliness really stinks. That's not how we were created. That's not what we were made for. Um, we were made to love and be loved. In fact, Pastor Dave preached a message, actually almost like a whole series, I think, on love and loving relationships. 
And so we all want to be loved in healthy relationships with one another, but we also want to be loved in healthy relationship with God. Which for some of us is like, well, how can we have an unhealthy relationship with God? Well, let me just say from my own personal life, it's not his fault. Okay, it comes from me. It comes from my incorrect perspective of who he is. And so the unhealthiness comes from me to him, not from him to me. And I think we all believe that relationships make us feel fulfilled. When we have good relationships that are healthy, that are God-centered, man, we are just built up. We are, we are encouraged. We go through this life. We understand our mission, our vision, our purpose, and we are just ready to rock out for Jesus, right? Two people are ready. I need more than two. It says we're two or three. I need at least three. Okay. All right, good. We have a problem, though, right? Got this thing called sin. And we're all guilty of it. Is anybody not guilty of sin? I just want to see if anyone raised their hand. We'll counsel you afterwards if you do. Uh, <laughs> right? So we sin against one another, and others sin against us. That's what happens. And as I was thinking about it this week, I was thinking about, like, what informs us of our relationships and how they should look? And it, it really became very clear that the reason our relationships are so bad is because we're getting our information about how relationships should look from the wrong source. We're looking at the world. We're looking at maybe bad relationships with our parents, broken homes, divorce. And we're allowing that stuff to inform us. In some regards, we have generational stuff kind of creeping in there too, right? Different forms of abuse. Verbal, emotional, sexual. And so those are the things that we've allowed to inform us of what relationships should look like. And that was never God's intention. I just want you to know that. But, but what does that look like? Like, when we allow the world and our circumstances to inform us about relationships, what, what do we kind of echo out to the world? And so I want to read a, a scripture in Galatians here about what that looks like for us. It's Galatians 5, uh, 19 through 21. Kristen, if you could get that up there for me. Thank you. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Keep on going. Envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do, not, who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is a list, right? I think if we're all honest, at some point or another, we've expressed that out in our life, right? Just like shake your head. It's a little harder now as we start like telling on ourselves. I'll tell on myself, yes. I've had fits of rage and anger at times, and I've been jealous and other things on that list. Yes. It's okay. Church is participatory. But what happens is we do those things or those things are done against us in some way, shape, or form, 
And then we begin to internalize some stuff, right? So then we begin to feel depressed, and we begin to feel unworthy, and we begin, we begin to feel, like, separated from people, and we begin to feel, like, a little bit abandoned, like no one cares about us, or you're unworthy of, of being in a relationship. You feel lonely. Sometimes you feel overwhelmed by all the things that you're experiencing. You don't even understand it. Sometimes you can feel unfocused. I put this on here, insane, because I was reading about the, the dude who came out of the, the tomb, right? He was insane. He had so much stuff. Like, if you, if you read that guy's book, I can only imagine how many chapters and all of the drama that must have went on to allow all those demons to come into that guy. It had to be insane. Sometimes it comes out as being manipulative or controlling. But we have good news, right? God never desired for us to experience broken relationships. He has always desired for us to experience abundant life through our relationships. I get an amen. Amen. So let's just say one thing right now. It is not God's fault that there are broken relationships. Not God's fault. Outside these walls, there's a lot of blame that goes on God for things that aren't his fault. And I think probably, and I'll tell myself again, at times I've been like, God, why'd you do that? I blame God, and it wasn't ever his fault. So as long as we can establish in our hearts as men and women of God that God is always for us, that God never desired for us to experience broken relationships, then we can keep moving forward. But if there's something in your heart, and write it down on a piece of paper like, hey, there's something hanging up in my heart right now, like I might need to have a conversation with God here in a little bit, write it down, and we're going to do some work here in a little bit, okay? All right. Well, here's the good news. We got all this sin stuff going on, right? We have all these broken relationships. But there's like this, there's this like Jesus guy. <laughs> it's pretty cool. And uh, in Hebrews 2.18, if you throw that up, Kristen, it says, For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So God sends his only son so that we can have eternal life. And that very same person that God sent experienced everything that we could experience in this life. Understands hurt, understands pain, understands broken relationships. Experienced it all. And because of that, he can be the wonderful counselor. He can be the one who talks to us. Many of us in this room have met Jesus, right? We prayed the prayer. We said, God, we believe that your father sent you and that you died on the cross for our sins. And we've asked for repentance of our sins. And we've met, we've met our guide in this life, Jesus. And we met a good guide, right? Because he wants to walk beside us because he can relate to whatever you're going through. That's the thing that I don't think sometimes we understand is that he wants to walk beside us and he also gets it. It's not like he's a thousand miles away and can't understand your circumstance. In fact, he says, I want to come right in the middle of that and I have a solution. It's called me. 
Sometimes we forget that not only does he want to and can he relate, but he actually has the authority to do it. In Luke 4.18, if we throw that up there, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Sounds like he has some pretty good authority to maybe enter in and relate with you and not only relate with you, but help you overcome and help you heal. John 3, 17 through 21, right? So we all know John 3, 16. We are very aware of that one. Bible school, vocational Bible study, right? It's like the first verse we all learned. By the way, I learned that in Ocean City, so I will never forget that. At a Bible, at a vocational Bible school. Anyway, um, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. We should be like celebrating that, right? We're not condemned. Woo, amen. But in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. All right, that gets a little deeper, right? Those of us who believe in him, there is no condemnation. But those of you who don't believe that Jesus is who he says he is, well, now he's, now he's throwing out a little, like, there is some condemnation there. It's black and white. Jesus didn't say, well, you can believe in me in 50% of your life, but the other 50%, you live your way. It's all or nothing. He's either Lord or he's not. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because... Their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. What this is is an invitation to walk into light. Right? We want healthy relationships. We, we've all said, yes, we like healthy relationships. They're good for us. They build us up. They encourage us. We have a problem called sin. We have this guy named Jesus, and he said, hey, come hang out with me. Not only come hang out with me and let me relate to you, but I want to do something about your circumstance. And the thing he wants to do about your circumstance is called the gospel. Romans 10, 8 through 10 says, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. so quiet like I feel like woo. maybe God knew what he was doing in this big old scheme of things right when we break it down like this maybe everything wasn't by accident and maybe when as the world comes at the gospel and at the person of Jesus and the work of the Trinity maybe they just don't understand the narrative sometimes we got to remind ourselves though so Jesus, the guide, gives us the gospel and says, if you confess me as Lord with your mouth and believe it in your heart, you will be saved. 
sometimes I don't think we understand what great news that is. It means the hurt and the pain and the suffering. It means the broken relationships. He's saying, I'm going to come save you from those things. It wasn't about an individual salvation. Jesus isn't interested in just saving one. He's interested in saving all. And he does it through relationships because he's done it from the beginning that way. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, a God of relationship, through relationships, wants to save the world. And he says, if you profess with your mouth that he is Lord and believe it truly in your heart, if you believe this gospel, if you believe the words of Jesus, that he has the power to come into your heart and change everything, you will be saved. But if it's a half-hearted commitment, I'm sorry. He's all or nothing. You either believe it or you don't believe it. And that's okay. That, it's, a, it's, it's a black and white situation. Because with matters of eternal things, it's not a gray area, and you don't want to live in a gray area at all. That is so dangerous to be in a gray area, let me just tell you. Especially with your salvation. Am I? Am I not? Maybe. Uh, maybe next week. Not to scare you, but bam, car accident. See it all the time. We work in a hospital. Let me tell you why. There's more good news other than the fact that he wants to save you. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving is the salvation of Jesus, okay? It's the gift that keeps on giving. You don't just get saved from your problems. He doesn't just promise to heal your hurt, but he also says you are now a new creation. What? A new creation? Yeah, new creation. God now sees you through the lens as being white as snow because he's looking at you through the lens of what Christ did on the cross. The Father doesn't see your sin because of the Son's work on the cross. You enter into a new family through the, a process of adoption. You are now a part of the family of God. God is your Father. He is the head of your family. And you are now called son or daughter to the living God. That is such a privilege. Such a privilege. Who are you? Son of the living God. Yeah. We don't walk around like that. We're like, huh. Can I do this? I'm a little bit ashamed about my life. You are a son of the living God. You're a daughter of the living God. There's no condemnation. There's nothing to be ashamed about. That shame comes from Satan. We need to stop. One thing I just have to say, we have to stop saying the enemy. His name is Satan. We need to act like the enemy exists because he does. I know we like to sugarcoat things and not be as brash about it. The enemy exists. His name is Satan. He's evil, and he's a counterfeit God that's coming to destroy your life if you don't do something about it. And I know that because I've seen him try and come and ruin my life. So because of all this, Jesus calls us to do something. Right? So a lot of us, we've prayed a prayer. <clears throat> Jesus, we believe that you are the Son of God. We profess it with our mouth. Is that the end? 
Like, why don't I have freedom? Like I said the prayer, shouldn't that give me freedom? No, that gives you salvation. Now we're going to get into doing a little work. Mark 1, 14 through 15 says this. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. I love that verse. It says to us all that our God is within an arm reach away. That the kingdom of God is one request away. It's not a million miles away. So Jesus came and the gospel that he was proclaiming was saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And what we are to do is repent and believe. If you read the Lord's Prayer, it's amazing. Jesus confirms what he said here in the Lord's Prayer. He says, our Father who art in heaven, come on, say it with me. Oh, whoa, thy kingdom come. Whoa. Thy kingdom come. Before we ever make a request, before we ever ask for forgiveness, before we do anything, we are to invite his kingdom to come. We say, our Father who art in heaven. We let him know who he is, his position in this world, in our lives, and then we say to him, send your kingdom. Send your kingdom into my life. Send, send your kingdom into 1010. Send your kingdom into your county. I just want to encourage you before you ever make a request to the Father, not that he doesn't love requests, but one of the things that I found to be the most effective in my prayer life is not making a request until I ask the kingdom of God to come forward, until I ask God, until I set my heart upon knowing who God truly is before I make a request. Because sometimes what we can do is we can kind of half-heart the prayer. We're like, hey, God, um, yeah, just do this for me. Thanks, God. And we don't ever give thought to the God of the Bible, the God that has been in our life, who it says that we're supposed to fear, and we're supposed to come before in fear and trembling. So, like, if God sent a plague of locusts, God sent fire from heaven. I'm just saying maybe we should consider a couple extra seconds of being like, let me set my heart upon the fact that that's the God that I'm making this prayer to, and he deserves that recognition, and that's how I'm supposed to come before him and ask him for the kingdom of God. Hey, God, I know you can send it. I know it because this is who you say you are. And in my life, that has just changed my prayer life significantly. My prayers are... Uh, I don't want to say that you can be more effective in prayer. But I feel like I'm honoring God as I pray. And because I'm honoring him, our relationship is better for me. Because for a long time, he was a genie in a bottle. I was rubbing the lamp, asking for a wish. And now I'm saying, this is who you are. And this is the prayer that I'm making. And I believe you're going to do it because your word says it. That changes that relationship a whole lot. Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says this. Not only did Jesus say that the kingdom of God um, is at hand, not only did he give us the Lord's prayer to tell us that we were to ask for the kingdom, but he also gave us Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. 
Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. A couple weeks ago, the Lord gave me this awesome revelation. Like, we're insane sometimes. Like, we have that external insanity of doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Like, we just think if we sit, and I don't want to make fun of anybody because I've been, I've been here, but, like, I've sat in my own anguish and sulked rather than go before the Lord in prayer. And I've done that over and over and over in certain situations. And you know what it got me? More depressed, more sulky. But when I go before the Lord and I say, Father, this may seem dumb, but I know that you want me to ask you. You want me to knock on that door. You want me to bug you as much as I can because that means... That shows my faith in you. That changes everything. It's insane for us not to ask the father. He's the, he's the father that says if, he can, if we can give good gifts to our children, how much better gifts can he give to us? I'm too busy right now. I've been there. I'm too busy right now. James 4, 7 through 10 says this. This is the last one. That uh, the last call of the of of Jesus, um, James actually wrote this. It says, "Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom." This is really uplifting, isn't it? Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will exalt you. For some of you, that verse may just seem like it's a little bit harsh. But during worship, I was, <clears throat> I was, I was singing, and um, I was thinking about that verse. And the last time the Lord brought that verse to my heart so um, strongly, as he has recently, was right after I, I fully gave my life to Christ. I don't have like that, um, I went to church, I came forward, I prayed a prayer. I don't have that type of testimony when it comes to giving my life to Jesus. Uh, I was downstairs in my parents' basement. There was like their furnace right beside me going on and off, making all sorts of loud noise. Um, they had no, I was, it was like a, a cement floor. I had a bed there. I had just moved back in. Um, I left a bad relationship. I was living in sin, sexual immorality, everything you want to, uh, you know, put on that list that we had earlier. It was probably true for me. And the Lord if you look in First Peter, he says, I pursue those. I'm constantly pursuing you. And that's what the Father did to me. He constantly pursued me because I knew about God, but he kept pursuing me, kept pursuing me. And the Spirit of God convicted me and came upon me so much that I had a night with the Lord that I will never forget where I was humble before him, where I was weeping. I remember, like, literally, like, punching the bed, and, like, we had we, we had a a uh, Jacob moment where me and him were wrestling. You know what I mean? We were wrestling. But I submitted myself to God. And at the end of it, he led me to a verse in Psalm that said, blessed are you because I have heard your humble supplication. And it was in that moment that I knew that the Lord had heard me and we were good. But I had to submit myself to him. I had to lay down my life. I had to let him do some work in my heart. That's what the guy, Jesus, is telling us to do. Through the gospel, we now have access. 
we now are called to do stuff in our life. It's not a one and done deal. It's always and forever until eternity. And if we are willing to step into that, here's the, here's the best news of all. If we're willing to step into it, we can have freedom from our past relationships that have hurt us. We can have freedom from past hurt. You can have freedom from sin that you voluntarily walked into without knowing the consequences. And you can experience shalom. Take some time to look up the word shalom. It's a peace like you've never experienced before in your life. It's just a knowing that God's there and that you're surrounded and there's nothing in this world that can touch you because you're in the arms of the Father. I think if we were all honest, we would love that place. In the midst of a world full of worry and pain and suffering, we would love to be in a, in a place of shalom. And finally, I think if we experience, um, if, we, if, we, if we're willing to submit ourselves to the Lord in that way, we will begin to experience relationships that are healthy because we'll know what healthy relationship with the Lord looks like and so we'll be able to express that out in our relationships with one another. And if we're willing to do that, it's going to help us to avoid pain and bitterness, anger, abandonment. It's going to stop allowing hurts and afflictions to dictate your relationships and your actions. I'm going to ask the worship team, they can come on up. So Jesus is calling us to, to make an action. It's not Danny Ferry making an, uh, a call. It's, it's Jesus. Make a decision. So thankful that God reminded me of the definition of insanity because it was not on my radar. But we'd be insane to do the same thing over and over expecting a different result. I mean, we would literally be insane. morning in a time of ministry if you are a person or a people that would love to go from a place of feeling defeated worn out tired tormented bound hurt suffering and go to a person and go to being a people full of life understanding what abundant life means in Jesus if you want to be a people that have a greater understanding of the gospel, understanding of our mission in the body of Christ, if you want to be a people who understand what it means to make the claim that the kingdom of God is at hand, 
I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet right now. If that's, who you, if that's what you want. If you don't want that, no condemnation. get the lights back there for me. I want to give people some privacy to be able to do ministry here. Last verse I got for y'all. Romans 7, 15 through 20. There are some of us that don't even understand sometimes where our hurt comes from. I was one of those people. I think, I've, I think I've told you all this before, but I filled out a genogram and I realized patterns of abuse that came down through my family line. And there were times when I would have a fit of rage or be angry and not even know why. because Nothing had set me off. And when I filled out that genogram, I remember, and, and, and the Lord just brought to light, and you've just been abused, son verbally, emotionally. You've heard things that weren't true about you almost your whole life. I think some of you can probably relate to that. And I just want to let you know that God doesn't feel that way about you. He loves you. We're going to go through a time here where, where, where he's just going to build you back up and we're going, to, we're going to walk out of this place in freedom today. But God brought to light this verse for, to me. Because I used to think that this was a verse that people used to make excuses to keep on sinning. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. It says, for I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do once. I do, let me start that over. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. so long, I thought, man, so many people use it as an excuse to sin. And for me, I didn't even see the sin. I didn't see the generational sin that was in my life. And so I kept doing things I didn't understand. Like, why? I don't want to do this, but I keep on doing it. And then the Lord brought to light, hey, you need healing, son. You need, you need healing. You need me to come in and give you freedom. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to do a little ministry time where we corporately together as the body of Christ walk through some prayers of healing and deliverance from lies and from things from the past. Whatever you need to pray, you pray. I'm going to lead you through some things, but you let the Holy Spirit guide you. The band's going to play. There are going to be some spots in this where you have to like openly confess some things out loud to the Father. There's going to be some specific things that the Holy Spirit brings to mind, and you need to give them to him. 
or else you're going to remain in a place of bondage. You're going to do what you do not want, but now you're going to understand why you do it, and you did nothing about it. Because you have a chance to do something about it this morning. That's how much Jesus loves you. Come on, repeat this after me. If you guys want to enter into this time of deliverance, repeat this after me. Heavenly Father, I need you guys to commit. Come on. Heavenly Father, I come into your holy presence by the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your love for me and your desire to set me free from all demonic influence. I worship and honor you, and I ask that the Holy Spirit would have full control of this time and lead me in prayer. Surround me with your angels protect me from all harm. Now just in a couple seconds here, just begin to invite the Holy Spirit personally. That prayer gets you in the mindset, but come on, just start inviting the Holy Spirit to come, to enter into the presence of God. Come on, the, band, the band's going to cover you here with some songs so you can cry out to the Father. We're going to give you a little volume here so you guys can cry out without having to worry. You can have some privacy. guys now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna progress here say this prayer with me we're gonna fix our eyes on Jesus Lord Jesus Christ I look to you as my only Savior healer and deliverer I believe that you are the Son of God and the only way to the Father I believe that you came in the flesh died on the cross for my sins and rose again I humble myself before you and recognize that is your finished work that gives me the access to salvation and deliverance come on just fix your eyes on the cross for a couple seconds think about the work that Christ did on the cross on your behalf he wasn't doing it just for himself. He was doing it so that you could have access to salvation, to deliverance, to become a member of the family of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you wanted me to be a part of your family. Thank you.
you, Lord, that you believe in adoption. Thank you, Lord, that you always have made a way. Thank you, Lord, that you use the weak. move on. If you need to stay in that spot, you stay. It's okay. Sometimes it's just that ministry right there that you just need to reflect on Jesus, but we're going to keep on moving here. All right, let's pray this prayer. We're going to start confronting sin in our life. This is going to be a major moment for you. It's going to be a major moment for me, the band up here, everybody. Father God, I acknowledge that I have sinned against you and others. I come into your light, confessing my sins before you, and I will hold nothing back. All right, here's where you got to do some work, because I know that the Lord has put things on your heart. Father, I especially confess, and you go, you confess it to him. Speak it out loud, the band's covering you. forgive me for anger forgive me for bitterness Father forgive me Lord for being impatient and not waiting on you come on cry out to him don't be afraid to confess he wants to know no real relationship starts in the shadows you have to come into the light out that prayer. I repent of all my sins with a desire to live a life pleasing to you. Purify my heart by the power of the blood of Jesus. Right now I receive your grace, your forgiveness. Thank you Jesus for your forgiveness and your cleansing. Thank him for all those things. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your cleansing. Thank you for the blood. against me 
or hurt me in any way, I release them to you and let go of all bitterness, anger, hatred, and resentment. Specifically, Lord, I forgive. Give them to them right now. Whoever those people are, give them to them. Lift them up. Release them. forgive. Help them to forgive. Help them to find a way to release it to you, Holy Spirit. There are sometimes those things just hang on. We think we, we got it all. Let's get it all, Father. In the name of Jesus, I just pray that they scrape out the bowl. They get everything that's in there out, Father. next one I want to explain a little bit. You guys are doing awesome, by the way. I love it. Sometimes in our church experience, we have, we have adopted false doctrine and false teaching. Sometimes we've entered into things that we shouldn't have entered in, and we've opened doors that we shouldn't have opened. Sometimes we've done it involuntarily, but the damage is still the same. So when we do those things, we have to renounce them we have to renounce them and we need to make our claim in what we believe in the truth. So come on, guys, let's repeat after me. Here we go. Proclaim this to the Lord. Father, I completely sever myself from all contact that I have ever had with the occult, false religion, and false teaching. I renounce anything to do with witchcraft, divination, sorcery, or new age philosophy. If the Lord is stirring anything in your heart, this is your chance. In particular, I totally renounce and just start giving them anything you can think of. If you've ever played with a Ouija board, if you've ever touched things, if you ever went and got your horoscope read, if you ever went to somebody that was working in dark things, begin to renounce it in the name of Jesus and give it over to the Father. Here we go. Here we go. Repeat this after me. This, we're going. 
we're getting ready to we're getting ready to bring the kingdom of God, and we're going to have a clash with the kingdom of Satan, and we're about to show everybody the kingdom of God wins. You ready? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross and becoming a curse. Oh, say it again. And becoming a curse so that I could be redeemed from every curse and receive God's blessing. Because of your finished work, that's right, he was on the cross, he finished it. I ask you to set me free from every curse that is over my life. I renounce the sin of previous generations and break away from any generational curse that is over my life. Now, as you've been going through this, the Lord's been stirring stuff up. Specifically, I break free from the generational curse of, and just yell it out to them. Let them know what it is. We break, the, we break the ties to alcoholism. We break the ties to drug addiction in the name of Jesus. We break the ties to physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. In the name of Jesus, those are renounced. That is not the identity of your people. They are a new creation. Woo! Father, I break the generational curse of fathers, mothers, parents who told their kids they were worthless. You say we are worthy. You created us in a specific way for a specific person. We break that in the name of Jesus. break the power of any word curses that have ever been spoken over me. I command, I command any evil spirits associated with word curses to leave me now in the name of Jesus. Come on, start commanding evil spirits. Those are not, that is not truth. You must leave. You have no right to be here. there. We're almost there. Take a deep breath. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you so much. Here we go. Father, come on, repeat after me. Father, I repent of any sexual sin that I have committed 
and sever any ungodly soul ties that have been created. I set myself free from any relationship or ungodly bond to another person. Come on, this is your chance to confess. In particular, I break the tie with, and just start naming those names. Come on, break the tie with the unhealthy relationships, with the un, with the sexual relationships that you shouldn't have been in, and give them over to God. He wants to give you freedom in that. Begin to call them out. Lord, I can feel it in the room. You always desired for us to either be unified with you or just one other. It was never okay to be unified with anybody else. Come on, speak it out to them. I give those, I give those sexual ties over to you, Father, and you break them in the name of Jesus. No guilt or condemnation. The Father says, come. Let the light shine in. You cannot hide in the darkness. I already know, but you have to confess it with your mouth. You have to confess that I am Lord of your life so that you can be saved. You have to believe it in your heart. So believe it. Just confess it. He just wants to give you freedom. I declare that the blood of Jesus separates me from, and you put the name in there, you give it to God, and it is done. It's time to go to war now. You guys are like, I've already been in war. Now the battle begins. I want to encourage you that if you feel anything in your soul that's kind of rising up, that you let the Lord deal with that. If you need personal ministry as we begin to pray this next one, we have people around the room that will personally minister to you, with you. We will join up with you. The Bible says that um, we do not fight against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers. We think, and in our minds, and by the world's distortion, we think that it's people that hurt us, but really it's principalities and powers that have demonic influence over people. And so in the name of Jesus, we have to begin to command with the authority Jesus gave to us and tell them where to go. Here we go. Let's do it. Father God, Father God. I align myself with you and want every area of my life to agree with your word. I submit myself to you, God, and take an active stand against Satan and every one of his demons. By the authority of Jesus' name, I speak to every evil spirit that has any influence in my life. 
and I command you to get out. Go in the name of Jesus. Just begin to command anything that you need to get out of your heart. In the name of Jesus, you have the authority. We command the spirit of fear to go in the name of Jesus. command the spirit of jealousy to leave in the name of Jesus. We command the spirit of lust, you have no place, be gone in the name of Jesus. Come on, walk into your freedom right now. He gave you authority by his blood. You just have to step into the power. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the spirit of depression. You have no place in the family of God. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Spirit of anxiety, we command you in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, to be gone. Come on. Command it. You have authority. You can step into your freedom right now. Don't be afraid. Father, I thank you for this time. Continue to need to do work. Continue to need to command things. Some, um, this just might be totally bizarre, but this is what your word says we are to do. There's no better place to do it with our with our family, with our community of believers. There's still things in there. There's still there's still something. If you've been being tormented, if, if your heart has been, if you haven't had a day of peace in a long time, do some work. The Lord wants you to experience his shalom. Satan comes to try and steal, kill, and destroy. But the Lord wants to give you abundant life. If you haven't had peace in a long time, we got to do some work. Holy Spirit, we pray. Come on. Begin to reveal. Begin to reveal areas where where people need to to command demonic influence out of their way, out of their life. God, give them supernatural boldness to just scream it out. Allow them to just bring things that are in the darkness and bring them out into the light, Father. There is no condemnation in Christ. Church, this community set out to be something at its very
very beginning. He set out to be a, a church that reached out to the community and brought freedom to people like we're experiencing right now. And in full confession, somewhere along the way between mergers, somewhere along the way between all that confusion that happens there, moving into buildings, trying to build relationships, there was a counterfeit vision that was put in place. So I want to I want to ask everybody here to pray a command against Satan. We're going to kick the crap out of the counterfeit vision. And we're going to step into who God has always wanted this church to be. You ready? Father, we know that the purpose of 1010 is to help people experience abundant life. And that can only come from the freedom that you bring to us. Lord, we renounce the counterfeit vision that Satan has masked over this church. And we proclaim in the name of Jesus, we will be the church that you want us to be. We will not step to the right or to the left without hearing from you, Father. We are, we are walking straight forward through the narrow gate. And Lord, we are doing that not by our own power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke Satan from conversations I rebuke him away from marriages I rebuke him away from business propositions and in the name of Jesus I declare victory for this church we thank you Jesus 